This is Shore in Your Ears, the official podcast series of the Shore Initiative. The Student Housing and University Real Estate Initiative is an international membership, data analytics, and content source for planners in university real estate and student housing with the mission to improve student lives and enhance the built environment in university neighborhoods. Today, we will hear from Danica Durovic, Vice President, Campus Planning and Facilities at the British Columbia Institute of Technology. Ms. Durovic recorded on April 20th, 2023, will raise the following important themes related to improving real estate strategy on campus. What defines successful real estate strategy for the post-secondary institutions? Services first, real estate second. The campus is not an island. Understanding societal, educational, and urban context. Know what your students need and want. What does labor shortage, mental health, opioid, housing, and climate crisis have to do with your post-secondary real estate strategy? And finally, everyone wants to belong. Um, and so uh, really excited to hear some of the talks today and um, it, it's all kind of has a common threads and themes. I think every speaker has touched on something we're all um, excited about and or have challenges on. I'll tell you a little bit about myself um, as Brian introduced me. Um, I've been, uh, my name is Danica Djurkovic. I've been in Canada for the last 30 years, originally from former Yugoslavia. Um, and uh, architect by profession. I have had opportunity and pleasure working in private sector as a consultant in architectural firms for 15 years, uh, and then switched to owner uh, slash developer for government role, uh, worked for the city of Vancouver as director of facilities planning and development, um, including park board, and have moved to BCIT in a similar role um, as VP of campus planning and development. Uh, along the along the way, I also have been um, a president of the Architectural Institute of BC, a nonprofit organization that is also um, a regulator for our profession here. So, had an interesting experience throughout my uh, professional career and I'll say personal career as well, switching uh, different countries and continents just to see uh, different ways of delivering services and and different ways. Um, we look at things different ways that systems are developed and how that kind of what what works where and how and why and what doesn't work and so on. So I come, you'll find me coming from place of curiosity and just learning um, and trying to put things together, um, seeking alignment and, and, and kind of making things happen. Um, tend to be impatient by nature, like to make things happen and like to change rules if rules are not working for me. So anyways, that has come in handy for me in my uh, career. Um, I, before we uh, start uh, more formally, I do want to acknowledge that uh, BCIT campuses are on the land of First uh, Nations, Coast Salish uh, uh, peoples, Musqueam, Squamish and Slavotooth, and I acknowledge that, that 
this particular campus is on uh, unceded lands of masculine peoples. Um, like to reflect when we say this, it's not just a saying, but um, it strikes me that we all are in business of land and resources, and uh, we wouldn't be here doing any of this uh, if, if First Nations didn't uh, nurture um, and steward this land for centuries before we came. So I like to think that we will continue in a similar way um, and not mess things up more than we have and try to improve them. Um, want to go through a bit of a framework. Uh, I think Brian uh, has already mentioned. I'll touch on some of the things and uh, um, might wear around based on my reflection from what I've heard from other folks today. So again, um, our business obviously is, is development real estate strategy, but what, why we are here is to deliver services to students for uh, educational facilities, post-secondaries and specifically here. Um, and how all of these worlds connect is really important, I find. Um, in order to do development and real estate job really well, one needs to understand what our purpose is and what our job is, what, what's the task, what's the, uh, how do we go about it. There are hundred different ways you can go about delivering a building. Um, so what would define that? Um, so I think it's really, really important to, to take a step back and, and understand why are we here, why are we doing this and, and what's expected of us. Um, and then obviously, you know, many organizations have similar uh, visions around education, service delivery, strategic plans, they have mission and values. And I do want to point out to values uh, playing significant role in the outcomes of uh, everything we do. I think based on these simple um, three lines here, those are your first definitions of the project you are about to deliver. I think your RFP ought to reflect um, this in, in anything we do, depending, you know, some of us are coming as from academia, others are coming as developers, but every single one of us needs to reflect some of this in, in everything uh, we do. Uh, how to do it now is the key. So, you know, I think many of us have similar language around visions, missions, and values. Um, most of us know why we are doing it. We sometimes forget because you get, you know, um, busy around day-to-day -day stuff, chasing permits, chasing funding, chasing uh, making things happen. Um, but I think oftentimes we struggle in, in finding, uh, figuring out how, which I think is what the talks of the, today um, as to figure, uh, understanding. So when it comes to um, uh, seeking alignments and partnerships, I think it's really, really important to understand uh, everyone's world, so to speak. And, and so, uh, you know, I had, as I mentioned, pleasure to be in private sector, in municipal government, in provincial government, did not work for federal government yet, but, you know, I, I touched on it shortly through partnerships and noticed that everyone's world is slightly different. I'll say what, uh, thankfully in Canada right now, we have strong, extremely strong alignment uh, with federal government, uh, BC provincial government and municipal governments and most post-secondaries. You'll find very similar language around visions, missions and values. And um, uh, today he had a chance to, to chat with a colleague that was here speaking from States and he was saying, well, we have a big problem about alignment because if our, our proposals have a word diversity and inclusion, we are simply put aside and thrown 
in some in some states. And I'm like, oh, well, that makes us being you know, extremely privileged here and, and we should be thankful. So I think when it comes to alignment, we are doing, Canada is doing really well and, and BC in particular. Um, I think how to do it is just cro crossing the systems from each of these entities that we all work with uh, and understanding and kind of working with them proactively. Frameworks are very similar, financial frameworks, vision frameworks, 30-year, 10-year, 5-year, they vary slightly, but you know, I think this is really important to understand. Um, what else is important? We are uh, educators as uh, others post-secondaries, and we're also public post-secondary. Um, uh, I think it's really important to uh, draw that connection of we have extra responsibility to learn and teach uh, our students um, uh, about what is the, the community uh, and what are the citizens that they need to be tomorrow. Um, and we need to show by example, it, you know, it, it, it strikes me it's very similar when you raise kids. You can't tell them do this and you do something else. Of course, they'll just follow and do you know, uh, what you've done, not what you've said. So I think it's really important to demonstrate leadership in everything we do, and that goes for development. So um, in schools, we have um, academia teaching kids, uh, leading practices in, in architecture, construction, trades, developments, and our projects can't do less than. They need to do uh, uh, same or better. So again, holding ourselves to higher standards, really important, uh, walking the talk and uh, acknowledging we are long-term building owners and, and the whole seven generation planning framework from First Nations uh, comes to mind because every decision we make today needs to really serve um, our kids and their kids and their kids' kids, uh, which sometimes, you know, in, in political pressures, we are pressure or even in emergency pre uh, situations, we are pressure to do what's best today in the short term. But one really needs to think long term, uh, 100 years, 200 years, 300 years from now. I know today Aubrey was mentioning about even length of the uh, land lease. We need to consider the timing. That was one question I was going to ask UBC folks is, you know, what happens after all of these leases expires and they expire the same um, uh, within range of, of five to 10 years. Uh, so we need to think through ahead of time uh, to secure this um, full, long resilience for the community and public uh, good. Economic, environmental and social resilience are uh, foundations of, of everything we are, we are doing, even though some people may say I'm, I'm brick and mortar person, I develop, I provide uh, value, um, let them figure it out. It's not really as simple as that. I think what differentiates successful um, developers and, and universities and post-secondaries in their development is the ones that actually have these three embedded in, in everything they do in their developments. Um, we are learning that, I think, um, through climate disasters, through housing affordability, through opium, uh, opium, uh, opium uh, crisis, we are dealing with a mental health crisis. Like, if we are not embedding everything in these three uh, sustainable um, foundational systems, rock beds, or what we do, um, there will be some um, negative side effects along the way. <clears throat> so again, um, where does one start? Uh, we happen to have a fairly old uh, campus, and um, what I've been, I, I started a year ago with BCIT. Uh, so services first, 
is the first place to start. What are the types of services we want to deliver? Um, as, as Michael Geller mentioned and reflected on, on historically in older times, uh, I think again we are we are pri privileged that today we are all talking about these things as much as we see them as challenges. I think it's it's amazing advancement that we are even talking about it. I could envision in 50s and 60s universities were building education academia spaces and that was all they were doing. Um, uh, housing, uh, community centers, university buildings were built by federal government in 50s and 60s. Um, well, now time has come for all of that to be replaced. Um, I wouldn't say federal government is quite there to replace it. So I think municipalities, universities and provinces are struggling as to how to go about building new and, and uh, replacing um, existing and uh, or um, refreshing. So again, primary service obviously is education, but we are learning through all of these crises that students as well as community do need housing support services. Housing, which is theme of the conference, but also recreation, student life, entertainment, all, all kinds of social um, uh, services and supports indigenous services in context of reconciliation and UNDRIP, as well as uh, learning supports, food and retail. All of this plays important role in, uh, in, a, in looking at uh, service delivery in a holistic way and building youth to, 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 to become healthy community of tomorrow that we all aspire to be. So again, um, once one defines services, whatever that might mean for uh, your organization and, and, and your university or post-secondary, um, you want to then reflect that in a land. So optimizing land and assets has been, again, another theme on almost every uh, presentation today. Um, and, and some um, post-secondaries are more blessed than others. Um, not everyone has amount of land as UBC, uh, and not everyone has amount of expensive land as UBC. And so I wouldn't say that every model is replicable, but we certainly can learn from each other and, and take bits and pieces to kind of see, okay, what, what that's, this might mean for me and for my uh, campus, for my organization. So again, um, all of the additional uses, what I would encourage people to think, to open up the opportunity with land use and, and, and have it rezoned with as many um, uses as possible and work with municipalities to, to get there if, if that's uh, well, that's most typical context again ubc is unique they are their own municipality in a way um, so i think that's really good foundational and starting point open up your land open it up for possibilities and start connecting with the uh, your context so again just to recap once you once we have a student needs we also need to reflect on what students of today and tomorrow will expect um, th these are the, I mean, I'm learning most from my kids, frankly, um, my daughter is 21, she wants school campus, she needs recreation, she studies in library, I was happy to have my own room to study, she, they, they function in very different ways, uh, they need their coffee and, and, and fitness 24-7, it's different, but you know, that's, that's who our, who we are catering to, right, and so there are things that, that they will, that will make them decide which um, university or college to go to based on all of these, not necessarily based on academia, but, but based on all these wants and expectations. That's where their friends are going so, and that's where they want to go. So anyways, I think knowing your audiences and acknowledging that 
those trends also change and uh, world tends to change maybe more feels like more uh, quicker than uh, development you know by the time you get rezoning and development permit and building permit and occupancy you, you like you know easily uh, four to six years go by um, and I think doing as much uh, pre-thinking about future uh, will make us more resilient and, and ready to be flexible and adaptable. So again, all of these should really um, influence one's vision around campus. What, what is the campus of tomorrow? And, and I think it's really important to get academia and schools uh, and colleagues in, in teachers excited about visioning about their own service. Because oftentimes, again, everyone is uh, busy with day-to-day -day work and, and we don't set time aside to kind of vision the trends. There's, the world is changing so quickly with hydrogen, with, with um, um, energy sources, with uh, uh, mental health challenges. Every school with constructions, mass timber, every school is, is changing so quickly. And it's really important to start to try to kind of um, have, have rigor of, of visioning even in academia um, as well. Anyway, so that, that would help us uh, come up with vision for the campus and they might differ they should you know they probably differ from place to place but i think just the, the methodology of how to get there is uh, probably replicable a uh, little bit about um, uh, our context here so we have six campuses uh, bcit uh, main campuses in burnaby um, and they're all over the city so again understanding the context that your campus is in um, is really, really important. I mean, some are at the edge of the city, like this one, some are uh, up on a mountain, like SFU, and some are smack in the middle of a city like McGill in Montreal, let's say. And uh, I think BCIT is, is kind of um, more an urban uh, campus and uh, a city around us is developing significantly. And that's really important to understand and plan together with municipalities and your neighbors as to how you see the future together. So again, a bit of a map there on BCIT um, uh, geography, and they're all very, very different size-wise, needs-wise, as well as community and context-wise. So understanding regional, well, provincial too, but also regional and municipal context is really, really important. Um, that will give us some clues around transit and access um, uh, green belt and waterways, how one goes about uh, uh, planning that and, and connecting with the rest of the community, supporting services as well. Uh, there might be some services in community that, that actually cities are planning to do anyway. So there might not be a, a need to double that service. We want to kind of work together with municipality and, and, and find optimal um, ways for it. You also uh, may want to consider sharing of the of the facilities and spaces such as recreational community centers might be a perfect example where um, we don't utilize our recreation facilities enough on campuses but community may want to have access to it and, and that's an opportunity as well so again that is really really important uh, around resilience you know the prior speaker was talking about that all of those are um, bigger connections and and bigger um, areas of planning that is really important for one to be connected with the rest of the systems and build systems together so they're synchronized. Emergency preparedness, another one um, as a good example. So there is lots of interdependencies and overlaps and opportunities that come with it. Um, and then based on that, uh, you may want to define 
service vision. You know, one doesn't have to deliver every single service that we need. Uh, and that's where I would suggest drawing from experts in every field is what makes sense in partnerships. So developers are experts in being efficient in de delivering uh, goods. Um, Non-profits, a really good presentation from um, our colleague from Quebec, uh, um, are potentially really good operators. And um, universities don't have to build expertise in everything. But I think connecting all these pieces is what, what where the opportunities are. So again, um, what does all of the world around us have to do with us and, and, and today's topic? Well, it is all connected and, and that's where it goes back to values and, and community we aspire to be. Uh, so zooming out of our daily lives is really, really important um, uh, to reflect and understand how we fit with the rest of the picture. And so again, um, I would say that systems we have built to date are uh, tend to be quite efficient in, in what we do, but nonetheless, we are getting some uh, undesirable outcomes out of it, like the, the whole lot of challenges with affordable housing, uh, mental health, um, and climate crisis are, are clear proof of that. Um, so how do we think we can, we can change and shift all of that? And, and my sense is that, that um, our system became too efficient to the point where they disconnected from each other um, and in whole uh, no longer makes sense. In a way, and and um, maybe it's a it's a it sounds um, a bit harsh, but I feel that that's exactly where opportunity lies. And so, um, having an opportunity to work in private sector, um, I was on side of P3s and as a as an applicant with you know um, finance, design, build, deliver, operate, and maintain teams. Um, having opportunity to be in municipal government and now having the opportunity to be with, you know, a cousin of a provincial government in, in the at BCIT. Um, uh, one, one learning I have is everyone is after same outcome. There is, you know, I see no misalignment in, in any of these organizations. But what I do see is, um, very siloed systems built um, that don't talk to each other. And so uh, we'll need to change that. And I feel that there is huge opportunity for us just being more proactive and connecting with colleagues. Um, we have had amazing um, relationship with, with uh, ministry staff and province. Um, and I'm not just saying that because they're here. <laughs> but but uh, again, uh, there has been switch even on my earlier points from education only to understanding province has in BC understands that that support system is really important for students and for community and they have been actually providing funding for student housing one of our active projects currently under construction um, and, and that's exactly where opportunity lies the way I see it. Uh, I feel not one organization can do everything that uh, we want to do, but I feel that all of us together can do wonders because, again, just drawing on each of our expertise, um, drawing on the land, we are privileged to uh, continue stewarding uh, here and, and just really having clarity of direction and clarity of roles um, and kind of helping each other with, with sharing information and working together on some creative uh, partnerships. Um, 
that, that is really exciting. So again, at the end of the day, um, my point here is that real estate strategy must demonstrate values and enable students and community uh, for success. And, and how to get there, I believe, seeking alignment with everyone in, in, this, in this room and, and everyone in this business um, and uh, make partnerships that will truly make a difference. Um, I can't say anyone I met uh, here today and uh, through my work, everyone is very excited about um, being in this business to change a world for better. We all have families and kids and we wanna leave this world better for them. Uh, so I think we're already very much aligned. I think where opportunity lies is aligning our systems and finding creative ways to work together to deliver exactly the same thing we are all after. Uh, this one is important, and, and uh, I happened to see that this visual just actually last week um, and asked my colleague if I can repurpose it. It's, it's about belonging, and, and today it was mentioned by some panel um, panels around home, building home. Uh, uh, our colleague from Northern University, it's not building housing, it's building homes. I think it's kind of the same message. It's everyone wants to belong, and... and um, Obviously, for students that are, they're still young. I mean, uh, yes, their age is like we, we pronounce them adults and now suddenly in a day they're supposed to be self-sufficient. Well, we all know they're not. Um, and, and they're still uh, by themselves. And if they go you know, away from home, they need that sense of home and belonging and support. Um, and this is what we need to think about when we um, uh, build and develop for, for the universities. And obviously architecture and sense of, and place making is really important, but also what comes after this. And, and we live, obviously, if you want to do anything today, uh, you need to have really good sense on financing world. And, and in our world, there's capital and there's operating funding. And I'll say, oftentimes we have amazing visions through community engagement. We de develop and deliver um, facility and um, but service never gets delivered because people can't have access to, to operating funds to, to continue those services that were envisioned here. So I think again, having really longer term understanding as to how to build health, healthy um, uh, services, starting from development in capital world and switching to operating world is really, really important in holistic way because again, uh, there might be uh, great ideas up front, but unless they are actually thought through for the next hundred of years when it comes to sustainability and financing, uh, the, in real life, they, they actually simply don't happen. So again, um, would like to challenge everyone to think about where you believe your organization is on this continuum. And this gives us a little bit more of a tangible description of what, what do you really mean when you say everyone wants to belong? We all know how that feels like, but it's been really hard to describe it. But these are the things that will, that students will wanna, the reasons why students will wanna have, come to your um, institution and not uh, the one next, next down the street. So again, um, it's really important to commit to the purpose and to have organization commit to the purpose and values they preach. Uh, and, and be genuine about it, to use your privilege to do the right thing. There are many times where 
actually we have amazing privilege to influence things and i feel we have much more privilege than, than what we are aware of um, and with everything you do you can actually make a difference and uh, i just challenge you to to think about that um, uplifting yourself finding time to uplift yourself and others and your colleagues finding time to connect and understand what worked for somebody and what didn't and and just reaching out and starting these discussions, I think it's the first uh, good first step and being curious, continue to be curious and learn. Uh, again, leading by example is something that you can offer to your kids and to uh, students as well. Just a little bit of a, since we have uh, people that are interested in projects as well, uh, a bit of an update where we're at. We have recently um, built Health and Science Center, opened last year. So again, a high level of universal access. Uh, we have co collaborated with indigenous um, uh, groups and, and uh, First Nations on uh, some of the building features and spaces, uh, enabling um, uh, increased number of students here and um, building a net zero renewable performance building. Um, a tall timber student housing, this is a 12 story, um, a full mass timber building, uh, the first tall timber building in the city of Burnaby um, that is currently under construction. So this housing will bring uh, 470 new students. So again, uh, uh, demonstrating leadership in energy and uh, net zero renewable, uh, we will be targeting CAGBC net zero certification, demonstrate leadership in mass timber, connecting this with the school, recently developed school program on mass timber at BCIT. And uh, these kinds of projects will actually move a BC economy forward literally within a year. So I was just again talking to some of my colleagues uh, here where they struggled to find, um, there are so many, the, the mass timber projects are, are starting up to the point where um, our factories can't handle this, the, the orders. And so they're growing tremendously over, over uh, overnight, which is exactly the point how we can all influence uh, just by specifying this building to be mass timber we are shifting and moving economy literally within a year or two which is amazing opportunity <laughs> and trades and technology complex is another one we are uh, currently in design process of it, it has about uh, five components to it uh, there's a main building uh, there are also a couple of pavilions and some service building and daylighting of Gishon Creek um, so again, uh, how do we demonstrate leadership through mass timber, through high level of energy performance and renewable energy? Um, we are after uh, passive house targets and uh, BC Energy Step Code 4. So again, we are working very closely with our school. Main, main user of this building will be School of Construction and Technology. So again, demonstrating to our students how they can think about future projects and their work um, and working together through living labs uh, as well. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, again, we are continuing our path to evolve our campus plan that was delivered about three, four years ago. We have managed to rezone um, our main uh, campus and open up many um, uses there. So we are in the next stage of uh, working more closely with schools to refresh their visioning and service delivery and then we'll do a bit more master planning to see how how best to move uh, through partnership some of these uh, the redevelopments faster 
obviously province has been very gracious with um, capital uh, funding, but we also feel that uh, we need to do more ourselves in partnering with municipalities, partnering with private sector, and looking for ways to optimize land and density that we have um, and, and get there faster. So uh, this is vision for our campus to have some, to have inspiring, vibrant, and delight, delightful a campus where community will want to come and uh, be part of it as well. And that brings us to the end. I uh, hope uh, this was. Uh, you found some good information here. Today's recording of Shore In Your Ears, recorded on April 20th, 2023, is Danica Duravec, Vice President, Campus Planning and Facilities at the British Columbia Institute of Technology, recorded at Shore Vancouver. You have been listening to Shore In Your Ears, the official podcast series of the Shore Initiative. Please visit us at shore.international. That's S-H-U-R-E 